what's going on? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this, well, this is our, our winter is coming. Winter is now here. Winter came, winter. went, so have I. Winter came, left, and uh, left a, a big old mess all over the place. Uh, AEW Dynamite this week. Winter's here special. We just watched it. I'm your host. I'm Corey Smith. And through this wall over here is my co-host returning to the City Wrestling Radio uh, universe, Mr. Michael Vergara. Yes, it is I. Uh, I. I was trying to do a Tony Schiavone like it's Michael, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sting as much. It it does I'll, not I'll say that. But uh, this is a post show. You might realize this ain't a B show because honestly, let's let's be real here. This was AEW's night. <laughs> so this was yeah. AEW's night. Well, I mean, you know, I think with a lot of special shows, there there needs to be some coverage, some city wrestling radio coverage. We need to wrestle around the entire city just talking about winter and how it's the North has invaded uh, AEW Dynamite. But like I said, I'm Corey Smith. You're Michael Vergara. We're going to get into all of that. But before we do, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on Twitter at, C- at CWR415 and everywhere else at City Wrestling Radio. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook because we, we post things on Instagram. Things that, uh, you know, pictures of stuff and news. Uh, uh, things and uh, maybe Sting. You know what? If Sting, I, I actually probably should have reposted the the Sting is all elite. Whatever. Nonetheless, follow That's, us yeah. at City Wrestling Radio on Instagram and Facebook at CWR four and five on Twitter. So uh, I let's just let's just get into it. I think, but before we do talk about AEW Dynamite, um, you know, this morning uh, the wrestling community has lost probably one of the most prominent figures uh, throughout the entire industry. It's a name that is synonymous with uh, wrestling, especially uh, synonymous with the Cow Palace, a venue you and I are both very familiar with. Uh, Mr. Oh, yeah, no, and loads and loads of other people as well. It's, <laughs> Mr. You know. Mr. Pat Patterson has passed away this morning at the age of 79. Uh, you know, to say that we grew up with him, uh, you know, I back mean, in his yeah, heyday. No, that would be kind of fair. Like, we, yeah, we did. He was, one, he, was, uh, he was the stooge. He was a stooge alongside Briscoe in the Attitude Era. He, I remember them quite well. They, and uh, you know, being as a, being, being a bigger wrestling fan. As I get older, you do a bit of research, and then you realize the contribution, the countless contributions this man has done for the industry. The inventor of the Royal Rumble, the first Intercontinental Champion, and just, just an all-around. Just you see those tweet, yeah. those tweets from. All uh, from any any wrestler who has like a, has has had a passing interaction with Pat Patterson. It's yeah. you know he was he was certainly an albatross in those in that locker room. You know, yeah, wrestling uh, in Montreal, moving to America, not knowing pretty much any English, yeah. uh, just speaking French. He moved to America, uh, began his uh, journey in the professional wrestling world, making his way to San Francisco. Like I said, uh, wrestling at Roy Shire's big time wrestling promotion. And uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, and one thing I want to mention about Pat Patterson is that he was really like an idol for a lot of people who didn't consider themselves straight all the way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, you mean homosexual? Yes, but there's, there's bisexual, there's bisexual. He was openly gay. He was openly gay. What I'm saying is like, there's a lot of bisexual people out there. A lot of bisexual men, a lot of gay men who are in the wrestling industry. A lot of people who don't consider themselves either, but still consider themselves of that nature you know what i'm saying 
who looked up to Pat Patterson because he was an openly gay man in the wrestling industry. And uh, yeah. And um, if you there, there's a clip circulating around um, the, uh, the reality show from the WWE, WWE network uh, legends house, which, oh man, it's kind of hard to go back to now considering, you know, who else is on that clip now with Howard Finkel and Roddy Piper, where he just, he just let it, Pat Patterson, let it all out. He said, I'm a gay man who served, who fucking survived. And that's, yeah. You know, it's it is very much an example of uh, a, a good example of wrestling of professional wrestling welcoming with open arms. Like you can definitely, I mean, granted, you can count the amount of that with with your finger with your with your hands, but that is one example where you know yeah. there was indeed tolerance amongst the locker room. And maybe that just said maybe that says about that's what it says about Pat Patterson as a person in general. You know, with oh yeah, I mean, I know. think a lot of the things people say about Patterson is he was actually one of the like nicest guys backstage. He was one of the like best finish guys too. Apparently he was of the most of the greatest minds in terms of, you know, booking a wrestling show. Like one of my favorite parts of uh, Brett, um, Brett Hart's documentary wrestling with shadows is you see Pat Patterson, booking the finish for a Canadian stampede. And it's like, okay, what you gotta do is make sure that, you uh you try to grab Stu, but then Stu is gonna have to he's gonna try to grab you and then Steve Austin, he doesn't know what the fucker's going, and then he has to and then wham, he marks the motherfucker even though it was Owen, you know? And yeah, that's my Pat Patterson impersonation. He Daniel Bryan, they need to make sure that he he deserves it. He deserves the WrestleMania. I know he kinda sounds like Bane I right mean, now, but <laughs> uh I mean I do a better Gerald Briscoe, so uh, maybe, oh yeah, maybe. no, you're Gerald Briscoe in that one that one video. Mr. Was amazing. Uh well, yeah. Uh Hunter Hurst Hemsley. I remember that was uh that's one of the shows that you Capital Carnage, right? Yeah, oh Capital Carnage okay. is this week, actually. This twenty two years ago coming this Sunday. That's the that's the English show, right? That is the English show where pretty there's, much nothing happened. No, no, there's a very, very good part like this is actually kind of a teaser for your episode where uh pat patterson he addresses the crowd um he talks about triple h and he calls him hunter hurst hamsley yeah that's that's something to look forward to well that I, and vinnie jones of course yeah well like i said pat patterson from you know being one of the the staples in the wrestling industry uh to just being a nice guy that i met at cal palace you know cal palace apw cal palace royale yeah. Uh, and from one San Francisco treat uh, from one uh, like I well, like I said earlier when I said non straight, I don't consider myself gay, straight, bisexual or anything. I just consider myself, you know, not straight. So for one, not, yeah, straight you man, know, you don't identify with labels. Yeah. From one non straight man to one other man who was openly gay. Let your flag. I hope he lets his flag fly high as he goes into the sky. I that's probably a song. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. There you go. Got to let the peacock fly. Anyways, uh, rest in peace, rest in power. Pat Patterson, condolences to friends, family, and fans. So uh, let's get into it. Let's talk AEW Dynamite, shall we? Winter. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that that news happened. Rest in peace, Pat Patterson. And I feel like the rest of the news today was just entirely encapsulated in this dynamite because uh let's just say a newsworthy dynamite to say the least tony khan's a liar i'll say that what did he he lie about oh that moxley he's he's going to japan i see it i see it it's happening wait did what what oh you think moxley's going to japan yeah 
I think he's. I think they're fucking. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But yes, Dynamite, December second, two thousand twenty, with an episode titled "Winter is Coming." Which it has passed. even I feel like even leading into the show, I was like, "Wait, Winter is Coming" is a good tagline for the show." But I feel like they should have named the show like just Winter. I no no I like I mean you got to have the Game of Thrones connection because Game of Thrones was hot shit and you like oh winter is coming that's 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 tongue in cheek did Tony Khan just catch up did Tony catch up on his uh, Tony Khan catch up on all his Game of Thrones and he's like no in his media call he pretty much said he's never seen an episode of Game of Thrones his mom in fact it's his mom his mom is a giant Game of Thrones fan really and uh, he that's how he got that catch he's like oh that's a that's a good one. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, winter is coming. And I mean literally because it is a 40 degree, it's 40 degrees Celsius with a 30 degrees Celsius gust of wind. It's Ooh. dudes were nipping real hard tonight. Just if, if I was there and I had to dress as little as I could, I was just, Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that with Kenny Omega match. He was just, he was, he, he, I, I'm surprised he didn't bust Moxley's head open with his hard, hard nips. He, he would need a, he would need another eye patch. Yeah. He would need you yeah <laughs> we start things off with a dynamite da- dynamite diamond battle royale uh you we though i it was kind of a clusterfuck so bear with me here you got like my main takeaways like i they kind of hint at a matt hardy heel turn he inadvertent like I, I i didn't notice it but did he intentionally eliminate isaiah Cassidy? i don't think so I, I didn't see exactly what happened i didn't go back and rewatch yeah. it but I think he accidentally knocked him out, and I think with AEW commentary, they're just told to go with what they see and just yeah do play by play, and I think and that's then, what happened. And then I hear like hearsay comments about Isaiah being apparently injured, and yeah. so Matt had to call an audible and actually eliminating him himself, eliminating Cassidy himself. Yeah. Um, and if you and it kind of shows him playing the heel throughout this entire thing, which I think would is a veteran. Well, in his hell move, if that was an audible, it's like, okay, I did a heel thing. I'm going to be a heel throughout this entire. Uh, well, his whole thing, match. his whole thing on BTE is like, he's, he's tr- a money mark, right? Yeah. He's trying to be the new, like I created this, I created that. And very yeah. like, uh, only thinks of himself and I, maybe it's the whole character he's doing. I don't he's know. He's a big timer. We'll you see. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, another takeaway they did from here was that they booked Miro very, very strong. Uh, he pretty much had the cane elimination cleanup spot. Uh, I thought that was sore. That was something he sorely needed. Yeah, and I think, definitely. and it's, and I think it's really evocative of what he, <clears throat> what his AEW career is looking like right now, because as soon as Kip Saban was out of the picture, Miro was just, was just going through, yeah, man was yeah. going through. Uh, another, another takeaway was that uh, Adam page dark order, the whole story, that storyline seems to be advancing with yeah. uh, dark order catching Adam page. It's like, Oh, you guys got me. You know? Well, not even that, but he worked together with John silver and Alex Reynolds in the middle of the match. They like where they like jumped on his back and were celebrating. He's like, all right. And then yeah. he just keeps going. It's yeah, not even and... just like, Oh, cool. He was just literally like, yeah, you know, despite that, despite like that whole entire spot and just, I know I get it. They only have enough time for, a lot of people, but I, I felt like Adam Page sort of felt like an afterthought in this show. I, I mean, again, know. that's they kind of they they got stuff to they got stuff to do. Let, let's think about it. He was what a couple of weeks ago. He was in the hunt for the AEW World Heavyweight Title, or and then he got eliminated. And then he got eliminated. And now we're now he's he's just a, a below the pecking order, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, another uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, he went pretty far. Uh, I thought. I honestly thought 
it was going to be him and MJF going into it, but then yeah. him and Sammy Guevara, like Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara, they um they battle on the apron, which I thought was a oh really dazzling like thirty seconds. Like, oh shit, give me these two guys. I want these two guys. And then yeah. it's like, and then you got MJF eliminating both of them, which further plants the seeds for the whole Sammy Guevara MJF feud, which I think it's too early. I mean, I don't think they're going to do like a whole face versus heel thing in regards to for Sammy, because I don't think AEW is going to operate that sort of way, especially, you know, they're doing Jericho and MJF feud. That's a feud. So I think that's kind of yeah. what it is. But despite that, uh, after all that, Orange Cassidy, apparently, yeah, I completely, and it's in the way this was booked, like Orange Cassidy, he was, he was thrown off. It's one of those classic thrown off where he wasn't officially eliminated, but under the bottom know, rope. Under the bottom rope, and then he wins by eliminating Wardlow, leaving just him and MJF for the Dynamite Diamond next week. Like I said, you know, this was a spirited opening. It's not; it wasn't that much of a clusterfuck it, as I thought it would be. You're right. It was. Uh, it was very spirited open show. One thing you forgot to mention mentioned was Sean Spears, uh, eliminated by Scorpio oh, Sky. Yes. How could uh, I forget about Sean Spears? <laughs> furthering the uh, his feud with Scorpio Sky. Yep. Um, like you, you mentioned, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy did knock out uh, Alex or uh, Long John Silver with the military press. Um, the spot you were talking about with Hangman Page, it, j- just to clarify. So, it's not that the Dark Order just caught Hangman Page when he was almost eliminated. They caught him and threw him back in for the buckshot lariat. So he fully is just like taking any advantage he can right now. And yeah, it's a it's a battle royale. You can take what you can get. And like I said, if you watch BTE this week, he uh, he's feeling a little lonely. He saw the Dark Order all being lovey-dovey and hugging each other, and he he wants to be part of a family. So, yeah. Fuck Hangman! Yeah. Fuck Hangman! Uh, but, you know, uh, Inner Circle, the three people who were in this match, MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Wardlow, they, you know, were kind of sticking to the corner of the entire match, uh, started focusing on... Um, on Miro, that's when uh, they eliminate Miro. And it's final four. Well, the seemingly final four, Jungle Boy, MJF, Sam, yeah, like and I said, Yeah. Three people eliminated him. And yeah. they got him out. I, yeah. OC. Um, Orange yeah. Cassidy. But yeah, that, and then just go straight to the next match. For the first time ever, Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian. Uh, one of those matches you never asked for, but I intrigued that it existed in the first place. You know, it's like the first few minutes of this match was kind of weird, though. I feel like they were just like, Jericho what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Call her now. Call her now. You got Frankie Kazarian, 22 years of entering experience. You got Chris Jericho, you know, in the ring for 30 and he feels all 30 of that. Yeah. Um, really, my main takeaway of this is you got Frankie Kazarian being as as athletic as he is. But he has not had the career that Chris Jericho has had, but yet, oh yeah, just look at him. Look at look at all the stuff Frankie Kazarian. I, I, I am like still floored by like the level of athleticism Frankie Kazarian still has to offer. You know? Yeah. Well, because I mean, he's not he's not that young. I mean, he, that's that's kind of a shtick. He's the grizz. He's a grizzled veteran, but yet, like he, he fucking he can fucking go. Yeah. I, I didn't know I'm JR mentioning that Kazarian had a win over Okada in New Japan. Uh, I must have missed that. Maybe Ring of Honor or something. I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh, I just heard that mentioned. Or I think maybe in, maybe in TNA. Maybe when Okada was there as Okado. You know? <laughs> well, they, they shouldn't brag about that then. I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, listen, if I well, if I mean, I had, if I had a win over Kazuchika Okada, I'd fucking I'd sing my high the highest praises about that. That's true. But yeah, you got Jericho. Um, he almost died doing a Spanish fly. Uh, but the finish of the match, there was fuckery involved with MJF and the towel referencing the Cody finish at last year's Full Gear, and MJF then gives Sammy the towel. Like, okay, so Jude, and then like it was just a bunch of fuckery involved. Jude, and then like despite all that, Judas Effect to Kaz, and then you got MJF like throwing the towel to Sammy, and then you see Jericho seeing Sammy holding the towel, and then a fucking uh, just a fucking shoving match and argument happens and then you got chris jericho on the microphone saying you guys have an ultimatum and he announces next week to see if they can work together as a team or inner circle breaks up forever well okay so, hold on yeah no i mean yeah that did happen but there, like this match was like once i said the the beginning of this match was weird the entire match was back and forth and back and forth even kazarian laying in the walls of jericho to jericho uh this is a cool yeah. spot him getting to the ropes uh, in the end, yeah, Jericho rips him apart with a bunch of uh, shits. So I'm tired of the shit. You get your shit together. I was like, well, there's the two for the night. Um, and uh, like you said, ultimatum next week. And either they all decide to work together or the entire inner circle crumbles. Just got to just gotta fill in those blanks, huh, Corey? Fate, well, I, I'm just, I got these notes. I got it. You, you could just close that window, man. I, this is three pages for a reason. I thought we were supposed to condense these. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, you got a Marvez Young Bucks interview. Uh, they face Hybrid 2 next week and immediately references to, like, and then you see Nick Jackson. Yeah, it was Nick Jackson. Like, the first thing he says is, do you remember the first time we kicked, remember the time that we kicked you in the face? Yeah. And then, like, it just kind of weirds out Alex Marvez for a second. And then all of a sudden, Bowens and Caster, the acclaimed, uh, come out and they do a rap. They rap about the homoeroticism involving the Young Bucks's uh, book cover, which so ancestral let me, let me you, homoeroticism. Man. They were yeah. rapping about. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you look at that. You look at that book cover, and that was immediate. That was immediately the first thing I thought of. Like these guys are comparing sizes. What the fuck? It looks like they're comparing sizes. Yeah. And then you got Angelico and Evan sneak attack them as we end the segment, and that sets up the match next week. Well, Young Bucks hybrid two, hybrid two wins, they get the title match. And a claim, one of the guys that they claim in the background yelling, "World star, world star!" I was like, "All right, let's calm down. It's not 2012 here." I mean, listen, that's in 2020. Like, I there's barely any world star hip hop fights going on anymore. Because that's true. People are. You know, people are on lockdown. Amen. I know that. some, or or there should be more fights going on because the type of people who would be out in bars are the type, also the type of people who would probably get themselves into that situation. Yes. AKA dumb fucks. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, anything can happen, right? Anything <laughs> not, can happen. Not, anything can happen. Three weeks later. Uh, next match: Legit Layla Hirsch versus Doctor Britt Baker. D M D. You got Layla being the shoot fighter, catch wrestler she is, goes for the arm bar and works the arm in general. You got Baker, fish hooking uh, Hirsch's mouth to build heat as we head to picture in picture. Hirsch does a bicycle kick to an arm breaker. They trade holds, twisting neck breaker to the lockjaw. Baker wins with the submission victory. And then almost immediately, you got Thunder Rosa just beating down, which I think that was a really nice touch. You got you, you had Thunder Rosa wait for the finish. Yeah. Wait for the finish and then beat on uh, Britt Baker because, you know, like if this was WWE, you would have Thunder Rosa just cost 
Layla Hirsch the match because of disqualification and it just it would be very contrived. But no, uh, I thought this was a really great – like, yeah, you needed to have Britt Baker over uh, Layla Hirsch, but I thought this was a really great showing for Layla Hirsch, dude. She looked really good. Uh, yeah, like she, she, she is – I feel like she is like their Chad Gable – she was you know, good. The very short, scrappy, shoot, like catch as catch can wrestler that we want Chad Gable to be if he was ever to be in AEW. But it's I think in the women's division with Layla Hirsch, and I think that's great. But I think she has a ton more experience in the amateur wrestling background because she does seem a little green with a lot of potential. Like she kept going for Fair a enough. couple moves. Like she kept was it the running knee? She kept going for a running knee, and then like the German suplex. So, like. I was a little to me. I was a little like okay. It was a lot of the same thing. But she did everything she did. Ooh, everything she did. She looked really good. I will say that. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, if she's if she's this good now. Imagine what she's going to be good. Yeah. Like imagine how good she'll be like six months down the road. Absolutely. Okay. Up next, you got Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes versus Ricky Stalks and Will Hobbs. And it was right away. They Taz. They were just like, no, okay, no, no, match no, no, over. No. Let's no, go. No, 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 no. no. TNT, their, TNT, their champion, Darby Allen. He gets a good fifteen seconds of uh, of an entrance. He just fucking gets his title. He just presents. He just skates down the ring, and then he just does his fucking <sighs> thing, and then. The lights go out. Oh, 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 fucking like I swear to God, like in like two or three minutes of this fucking entrance, and I'm like, dude, you're fucking champion. Like you can't, you can't do, you can't. Well, give out the pomp and circumstance for Darby Allen, but yet you fucking bring out the choir lady for Cody Rhodes. I mean, I guess I like no, Cody. I guess I like Cody, but he has a little bit of a, a show vote. But that's the thing. I I have been thinking about this like the whole like everybody thinks Cody Rhodes is a heel. Everybody thinks Cody Rhodes is a heel. Oh, like no. he's turning heel. The thing is, he gave up on that. No, no, no. He's. I feel like the the shtick that he's kind of going for is that he think like he he legitimately thinks this is cool. Yeah. While everybody else thinks this is just tacky as shit, and I feel like those are the best types of heels where they think they're what they're doing is actually in the right, you know? Yeah. It's not, but then it's what's the thing about Cody is like legit shoot. I think he thinks it's cool. You know what I mean? With that entrance. It's kind of cool. The whole, the whole gospel thing at the beginning, it doesn't need to be there for every show. Uh, uh, I mean, Hey, winter is coming, right? Yeah. You gotta do it for that. This is a big show, Corey. Anyway, uh, it's this match. It's mostly Alan getting tossed like a salad for a very long time until the hot da- until hot tag cool guy Cody comes o- um, comes out. Alan tags Cody as he does the cutter to start cutter to Starks dives to Hobbs cop and drop to Starks for the pin and win. It was a uh, this to me was a house show match, but really, who gives a fuck about this match in general because the post match beatdown happens. Yeah, and what. You got you you got Hobbs and you got Starks just beating on just beating on uh, Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes and then they they and then they beat on Arn Anderson and well, then you got gets- Dustin Rhodes trying to even things out but then you got Brian Cage to even things out and then just as soon as Brian uh, Will Hobbs was about to hit I think Dustin with the with the FTW belt the lights go out. And then you see. Oh, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I immediately knew it too. I knew it. But I just it. needed. I immediately knew it too, because just 
the very nature of the whole entire thing. And it's a very wintry forest with a bunch of snow. It's just keeping it up with the whole winter is coming aesthetic. And you see a uh, raven just like. And then, yes, yes, the raven mostly. And then you see. It wasn't um, raven. And then you you see a logo where it just says Sting. Sting. You don't hear anybody. Nobody's saying a single word. But then as soon as Sting comes out, Tony Schiavone loses all of his shit for the first time since 2001 sting returns on tnt with tony Schiavone at the call in the year in our lord and savior 2020 and uh he co he go and then at this point ftw team task they're just gone they yeah. <laughs> they just bail the fuck out they're like sting's then, coming we should get out of here yeah and then you see sting and then he uh he helps Cody up. He helps Arn up, which, uh, you know, they've had a long history together, of course. <laughs> you see Arn's face. He's just like, what is going oh. on here? Yeah. And then you see and then you see Sting cornering on Darby Allen. He stares at he stares at one side of Darby Allen's face is the unpainted side. And then he stares at the painted side. And I feel like I feel like Sting just goes up to just goes up to Darby Allen. He just says, Mr. Spot. Yeah, uh, I like it. Um, yes, Sting in AEW, and then immediately on Twitter, fucking, it just straight up says Sting has signed a multi-year contract with. Uh, I got the details. AEW, which is kind of kind of mystique breaking because I don't want to see this character like writing something on a piece of paper. <laughs> like he signed the piece of paper on the contract. Uh, the eight, yeah. I got the AEW press release right here. Uh, Wiley sent that immediately. Wiley regarded as one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever. Sting's jaw-dropping appearance sent electricity through the crowd at Daily's I jaw-dropped. I can confirm this. AEW has also confirmed tonight that it's officially signed Sting to a full-time multi-year agreement. Um, Just a uh, comment from Tony Connie. He has a surprise introduction of Sting. Was a great way to celebrate our biggest episode of Dynamite yet. He's just stroking (coughs) his own ego. Uh, (coughs) Yeah, he's just going on to talk more about Staying being back in TN- on TNT. So tune into TNT next week. Yeah, next week, Sting speaks. So nothing. Thanks. I wonder what he's going to do. He's he'll probably I, speak. He'll probably say, Woo! Oh, is Ric Flair going to be there? No, Sting goes. That would probably, that's Woo! probably the next, like, I mean, they, well, yeah, they, 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 actually, they locked, you're right. They Ric locked Flair the is fuck there. up. No, they look, they locked the fuck up. Ric Flair contract wise so I mean like I feel like that would be the next biggest thing yeah well I mean the biggest ever signing would be like would be John Cena but let's let's be real here or The Rock um I maybe The Rock um yeah it's The Rock (laughs) (laughs) um well no you're Ric Flair I I'm starting to figure some things out and I'll talk about Uh, whatever forget about Flair he's he's whatever but then Sting like what is he just going to like I, if they were to do something with Sting? I'd feel like the best. Yeah, he's a very valuable name, and that you would want you would want Sting to be on TNT for the for yeah. like that's a really great that's really great news grabbing attention. But then, what do you what can you see Sting contribute to AEW in 2020? Uh, rather maybe, than just looking at Darby Allen's face, title match, AEW World uh, come Title. On, match. Come on, be se- be serious here. Oh, uh, I'm. What what can there really be for Sting besides like a, a kind of a mid card guy? Like, yeah, he's gonna wrestle, but not to the level he's sixty one. I, so. I think he's sixty one. I, 
I think I honestly think he, I, well, he I will really wrestle. Hope, no, 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 no. I no, he's not going to wrestle. Oh, he'll he'll probably he'll just he'll hit dudes with a baseball bat like like various times, and he'll just be that guy who just does everything so effortlessly, and everybody's just in awe of him. But he's not going to wrestle. He's going to beat up dudes, but he's just not. He's he'll be like Arn Anderson in that kind of mm-hmm. thing. There's a reason why he didn't get that surgery done. He had that. Ba- he was supposed to have that back surgery, and they said if he got the back surgery, or it was a neck surgery, was it back or neck? Motherfucker, his spine nearly. He was. He By hit, Seth it was Rollins. Inter- yeah. It was internal decapitation oh, Seth, off that buckle bomb. Seth Rollins. Oh, he's very dangerous. You know. Uh, no, I know, but there's a reason why he didn't have that surgery he's done. Never gonna, he's not going to wrestle. They dude. said if you have the surgery, you can never wrestle again. And he wanted to wait. He said, "Okay, well then I want to wait it out and see how he's going to wrestle." No. Okay. No, we're not. Unless he's on commentary. Unless he's on commentary, and which I here's what they should do to Sting. He should just be a silent, completely silent manager in um in Darby Allen's student films. He'll just be a presence. He'll just be Darby's dad. There, basically. There, he's just like it it was. It was clearly hinted that he's coming out with sandwiches. That's why he was there. That's why he was staring at him. He comes out with sandwiches. He brings Darby his pet turtle. He's like, like, there's a reason why Darby Allen is up in the nosebleeds, like staring yeah. at those matches. No, I, so, I understand that. I like Arn Anderson, Cody's got say, Arn Anderson and you get, and Cody's got, I mean, Cody's got Arn Anderson and Sting has, um, no, Darby Allen has Sting. Like that's, that is the only thing that I can if, really muster. If he is a manager, this is a complete, I don't know why they did this then. Then why? No, why? Just for, why? A, because, because people because motherfucker, it got my brother to tune into AEW, right? Like he's kind of a lapsed wrestling fan, and he wanted to see what the fuck. Like, oh shit, Sting, and now yeah. he's speaking, and like all this other stuff. Like, no, like no sane person would ever actually want to watch Sting wrestle in two thousand. Oh, I didn't say I want to watch him wrestle. I'm saying he is going to wrestle You're, though. No, no, it's oh. not going to happen. Dude. Okay, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay, and then following that, you got Sheeta interview with Marvez in the back. Uh, uh, she hears a light tap and then she said can we do this later and then she just says like well, we're live like well, i feel like this was you... a rib like this was a sid vicious rib did... you know that whole that that part where sid vicious was being interviewed by jim ross where he says let's try that again oh we're live pal like i feel like this was Sheeta's version own version of that like can we do this later and it's like no we're live and well, so the... she just and she just leaves the interview being really scared you, because did you hear the first Abaddon part of this is an ex- yeah no because he said, "He said, how do you feel about Abaddon? Are you afraid of Abaddon?" She goes, "No, Abaddon's just doing cosplay." She goes, "I do cosplay. I'm not afraid of that." He goes, oh, "Okay, well, can we?" And we hear a pipe fall. She goes, "Oh my God, can we start this over?" And he goes, "No, we're live, like you said." And she goes, I, uh, "I gotta go." That is not your AEW Women's Champion. You know the scared baby face. Which, hey, listen, it worked well for Seth Rollins when he was feuding with the Fiend, right? Probably work for. Cheetah and Abaddon, right? Well, Abaddon is, I think, you know, I think. I don't care how fucking terrifying Abaddon is. I think it's a cardinal sin to have your baby faces be scared of the opponents they face. All right. Yeah. Unless there there was something else like she like tortured her to some sense. And like, listen, AEW is going to, AEW is going to feel high and mighty. Oh, we're going to try the exact same thing WWE probably kind of did with Seth Rollins. Like, no, there's a reason why it didn't work. Yeah. What you're doing, you're going to hire 61 year old men. You're gonna be you're being led into the same trap of this booking. There's a reason why it didn't work. Yeah. So fucking, oh god, I I'm counting the days until Britt Baker takes the title off of Sheeta. Because yeah. I think Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, I think that is the title program that 
that division needs more than whatever the hell Sheeta is doing, which is unfortunate. And I say this as a Sheeta fan. It's just, it's not working out for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think her, like, I think that title's due to be dropped. Yeah. But, and then after that, we see Don Callis joining the commentary booth again, which signals the main event, Corey. <gasps> Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the All Elite Wrestling World Championship. Yeah, and J- Justin Roberts in a tuxedo, looking nice, looking dapper. Yeah, uh, we got a big fight feel, probably the biggest feel for a match since the Dynamite debut. Well, because beforehand uh, yeah. we had the Moxley Boiler Room promo. Yeah, um, I didn't really take notes. Give it, giving his nod to Pat Patterson. Uh, he says, uh, there's nothing to, left to do. Then go out there and make them all go banana. And he gave a little wink to the camera and walked away. Thanks, John. So. Um, but he had loose yeah. face. He had loose face the entire match. I, I, he, I mean, what's loose face? Uh, Moxley, when he came out to the ring, he just he, he didn't seem like his full energetic, you know, like, what's up? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to wrestle. It was more of like a, all right, I'm going to go out there and I got to do the job. And uh, yep. So that's just what it seemed like to me when I was watching it. I didn't feel that way. I think it was just him just being real stoic, like Masawa. Nah, no. He's exactly. He's yeah. not. He's not Masawa. Yeah. What's your favorite Masawa match? Oh man, there's so many. I just I can't even get into it. There's so much time we have to talk about this main event, dude. Let's go. Come on. Feeling out process. Chops to Mox. <laughs> like Masawa, name every Masawa match. Uh, feeling out process. Chops to Mox. They spill over to the outside as we go into picture in picture. Yeah, Paul Turner with red shoes level leniency with the count out as they were just brawling outside. Yeah. Um. Hey, come on. It's a playoff rules. Am I right? Playoff rules. Oh, well, they should. Oh, they should state that. And then, then, and then during the picture in picture, Omega just all of a sudden, as soon as it comes back, Omega just times a Terminator tope so fucking perfectly. Like how you couldn't just like it was. It was amazing. I like. It's not like the most amazing spot ever, but considering how, considering as somebody who's done a couple of television production work, that is not easy. That is not an easy thing to time at yeah. all. Uh, Moxley gets the paradigm shift, but he doesn't pin he gets mad he gets just he is just yeah no and the commentary kind of points out like why doesn't he pin him why doesn't he pin him and then moxley he gets out chairs to the ring to booze i might add and i thought like oh shit is this gonna be is moxley gonna turn heel but no he sets up the two chairs and he sits down on one of the chairs and makes omega sit on the other chair and they just fucking trade like they said um like the commentary said it was a freaking hockey fight you know, they were just trading op- uh, closed fists, and then it ends with Moxley probably, I mean, it ends with Omega giving one of the best fucking V-triggers I can, like, remember in uh, recent memory, where yeah. Moxley just sit uh, sit on the chair, and he's just, he he is just flown out of his chair when he eats that knee, and um, one interesting part, I really want to see, I really want to watch this match again alongside Renee Young's, Renee Paquette's uh, Twitch uh, watch long stream i i'm wondering how that turned out um you got yeah as i said before v trigger to mox off the chair another paradigm and then it all comes down to another paradigm shift slow to cover but omega kicks out of it this is um and is mox this is the first time somebody for like kick no it can't be the first time somebody kicked out of the paradigm shift it had to be like lance archer or brody lee oh, yeah. or fucking or or um uh brian cage yeah um, but yeah, no, it, it it's uh, Moxley hitting a ton of Germans in this match too. Like, yeah, yeah. I 
you sound like you didn't you weren't a fan of that. I love no, it, it was it's cool. It's just yeah. he was hitting him left and right. I was just thinking like there was a lot of German suplexes literally throughout the entire night. So. That's that's wrestling for you, man. Yeah, cool. If it works, it works. Wrestling. Uh, knees to the corner, Tiger Driver ninety eight, all to Mox, a kick out, and then oh go and then uh, um, Omega, he just straight up does the rainmaker pose, but no zoom out, which uh, you know would have been would have been on the nose at this point. But you had um, but then you had Excalibur point out uh, uh, a reference to Okada, his old rival in New Japan, and then he he whips out the ripcord V trigger. He whips out the Kreutz Wrath in his oh, DDT uh, days. Seth Rollins then, move. It was, it was an it, ode to Seth Rollins, I think, because remember he had the ripcord knee for a long time. He. I'm just kidding. Come on. This is why we don't do these weekly anymore. Um, <laughs> Kenny's great. Like it just pretty much just became Kenny's greatest hits. Like it was, but then, but then after all that, Moxley kicks out of it. And then uh, they spill to the outside. Kenny's driven to the heater and then ref pauses for time. And then Don Callis comes out of his commentary booth to aid Kenny. And then Mox puts Kenny to the ring. Callis slips a mic to Kenny. Kenny hits Mox, Mox with the microphone and then just straight up knee, just V-triggers him. Four times. Like, but yeah, like four times. Uh, one winged angel, two Moxley, one, two, and three. Kenny Omega is your new AEW world champion. And to no celebration, him and Kenny and Don Callis fucking book it to the Range Rover. You see everyone booing. And then, them. No, and then on the way out, you see Tony Khan trying to act like he was, he was, he was, <laughs> no, he was just like this. He was like, ah, when he was trying to be mad, but then you can clearly see like he was probably like really nervous. Like, oh, he's like, oh my God, Kenny Omega's a champion. Oh my God. Oh my God. No. So yeah, you got, and then like you got to see Tony Khan being like, trying to be mad and then you see the aew locker room just straight up like just chewing kenny omega out like what are you doing what are you doing about like they are not celebrating they are no. just like kenny what have you done this yeah. is this is not the aew way and then as they book it to the range rover we then have alex marvez conveniently outside <laughs> like the absolute perfect spot out of all the exits in the entire daily's place Smoke he just happened to be in that one section he pretty much just asks ask don what's going on and then don responds you want to know what's going on find out on tuesday on access tv because don Callis is the executive vice president of impact wrestling yeah and then alex marvez just responds but dynamite is on wednesday nights and they just fucking drive away really, really fucking fast. Yeah. And uh, as we get Mox's confused look on his face to add more fuel to the fucking fire, you see Eddie Kingston go to the commentary table. I'm facing Lance Archer next week. And he just drops the mic. What, and it's what like, was that? Well, whatever. Okay. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I have no idea. But to be honest, I kind of, I kind of liked it because it added more fucking confusion to the whole entire thing. Yeah. And But yeah. We get a we get a Mox's confused look on his face as we end the show, and um, well, yeah, yeah I was fucking. It's a great match. I'll, I'll say. I'll that. say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Did it give me the five star Kenny Omega New Japan Classic that everyone was kind of just hyping it up to be? Not exactly. The match was an easy four point five, easily, easily, easily. But did it want me to check out what's going to happen? in the next dynamite and possibly the next week's impact wrestling like fuck yeah it did (laughs) it got got you to want to watch impact damn it got well the thing is it in general it gets it gets you really thinking like oh um 
So what if they did like deliver on an actual match with no with completely clean and no no fuckery involved? Yeah, Kenny Omega's champion. What's kind of there? What's going to be happening next week? Oh, I guess Kenny Omega is just going to you know be champion next week. But then like when you have when you have wrestling, like, television is is as important as ever for to wrestling, you know, and they want to want to incentivize people to just really factor in what the fuck is happening the next week and the next week and the next week and for them to really go like opening the forbidden door the and they are opening the forbidden door to another wrestling promotion it's just that that wrestling promotion just happens to be impact wrestling i know everybody is saying like oh it should have i thought kento would be the one to attack him backstage and we still haven't found out who attacked uh Moxley. Yeah, it could have been a it could have been an impact person, you know. It's probably the, the, the North good brothers. It could have been the, the North. Pro- I mean, it's mo- it's probably if I were to guess, if it was the the good brothers, uh, right. it's the it's probably the good brothers, and just and then got me thinking even more, like what a what is exactly is AEW's end game in regards to all this, and I, it's part of me really thinks that they're trying to revive the whole territory system, and they're trying to make Kenny Omega their Ric Flair. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. Because Kenny Omega, 100%. he's he is the triple A mega mega campion. Yeah, he's the AEW World Champion. By God, he's probably gonna fucking need Rich Swan in the face and become the Impact Champion. The Impact Champion, yeah. and it's it's really interesting to see. Like, I feel like this is in response to the pandemic because, like, I they're they're really he's Tony Khan and AEW is really gonna try to see if this one wrestling promotion is going to be more than the sum of its parts. Like it's, you know, they're taking on it's, 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 they're really trying to do this whole wrestling as a whole kind of thing. And not yeah. just like, Oh, not only AEW, but we're going to introduce people to other promotions. Like, you know, they have that paid part. They have that partnership to NWA. They have that. They're clearly doing something with impact. They're clearly do They have talent going to indie shows and all this other stuff. And it's, well, AEW, it's weird. AEW, it's weird. I think, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but AEW being that that common ground where a New Japan wrestler can face an that, impact person, can face an NWA per you know. They want AEW to be NWA, even though there's a real life NWA going on right now. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they want NWA people too, you know. Um so to me and the whole New Japan, I don't think they can work out a working relationship right now just because it'll probably it's probably gonna be a lot because easier. Of, because the fact that they're across the world. Too. It's called COVID. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. Um, that too, and restrictions and quarantines. But with impact, I mean, hell, a lot of people go back and forth between America and Canada I, all the time. Let's listen. It's easier what than happen, getting what, there than uh, Japan. Just, just remember what happened on Impact last week. You got fucking Swoggle impersonating AJ Styles. But then with that shit, like, and then you got that whole Johnny Bravo, who shot Johnny Bravo thing. Maybe. Maybe Kenny Omega was the one that shot Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's there's still a lot. I hear good things about Impact Wrestling. You know, as much yeah. as I don't talk about it at all, there's some actual good. Like you said, the North, uh, Dax, Dax Harwood just tweeted out the North. <laughs> oh yeah, they were any... like, "Hey, if we're gonna do this, can we um get that match going, yeah. please?" And um, you can people you can argue good brothers say versus that the Bucks, the knockouts. You can arguably say that the knockouts division is better than the AEW's women's division. A lot of people have been saying that. Um, Deanna Peraza is the champion there. Yeah, Deanna Peraza was the champion. You still um, have Sue before... Young there. Um, you have. Yeah, Sue Young. Well, I mean, she's she's been there for a while, and she's 
pretty competent in the ring. You got She's Kira Hogan. You got uh, who else? I mean, it's a, it's a shame that Ty Kylie of, Ray, Ty of Valkyrie. Yeah, you have you have Ty of Valkyrie. Like, it's a shame what happened with um with Kylie Ray, and we hope you know she finds you know she finds light in whatever wherever she can find it. Um, but that knockouts division is like it's it really it really makes me wonder how far of a reach is this going to be is it is it just going to be kenny omega on impact or kenny omega in the knockouts division what no on impact no uh Um, yeah uh you got the whole natural connection with sammy callahan and moxley you know they're both hardcore wrestlers from cincinnati um or ohio at least i don't really know where sammy what did they what did they call moxley when he came down to the ring it was something in reference to Cincinnati. Like he's like the fist from. They the, call them the Bengal. <laughs> the the fist from the mist out of East Cincinnati or something like that. Uh, yeah. But no, like you you mentioned, Kenny Omega reference or kind of re- reminding you of Ric Flair, and it all pieced together tonight. Like these promos that he's been doing in the suit, like last Sting week, coming yeah. back last week. He did that pro. He has that like super permed hair. The the suit promo. And every time he gets an entrance, they're booking him out of how many miles away from North Carolina. I mean, what's in North Carolina? Charlotte. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte Flair is all elite. Great. Yeah, Got yeah, it. No. Flair. You know what I'm talking about. Rick. I know. I know. I know. Um, but yeah. It's, yeah. And the whole thing Winter, with yeah. winter is coming. Uh, if you think about Game of Thrones, the wall north of the wall. What's north of you know Canada? Impact Wrestling. They're coming down. They are the White Walkers. Even though they film in Orlando, do they film in Orlando? I think so. No, I thought that was a long time ago. I thought they stopped doing that. No, either that that big ass clo- globe and Universal Studios. They still that's that's the home of the Impact wow. Wrestling Zone. Right? You know, what I just realized right now too. What? Kenny Omega is the AEW champion. Finn Balor is the NXT champion. The Good Brothers are the Impact Wrestling Tag Team champions, and the Bucks are the uh, AEW Tag Team champions. It's looking real good in here. What if AJ Styles wins at TLC? <laughs> he could. He could. You know. And to me, honestly, like I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways, oh uh, yeah, uh, Kenny oh, Omega. NXT happened. Yeah, Kenny Omega and the Bucks. Uh, they're champions at the same time. I think he. I think Whatever. Kenny Omega is completely in his own world right yeah, now. I mean, he is. I feel like right now, I think they're gonna, just going to be separated from that point. But again, I'm curious about the end game of this. And isn't that? And I feel like that's mission accomplished, Dynamite. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is insane. Nobody like. If you were to tell me that Impact Wrestling would partner up with AEW in 2020, and you have Sting come back to AEW in 2020, it's it's weird. Oh well, Sting and I, Impact. And I kind of like it. <laughs> Sting Sting was uh, like well known for being an Impact too. So yeah, and don't you and like people would be like, oh no, I want this pure. I, I hated this convoluted finish. And hey, it's fair to say that this finish was completely convoluted. You know, like it was a little, Cal- It was a little WWE yeah. like. Oh, very that. much so. Like people wanted new 2017 New Japan Kenny Omega, but they they if they wanted to turn him heel. Fuck man, this is a way to turn him heel. <laughs> yeah, without um turning him complete. It's like this more of No, he's No, it, dude, it's don't don't it's, Dave Meltzer this thing. He is a heel, dude. He is a heel, but I'm not okay. but I'm saying there is different levels to heels. There is of course, of the, course. the Eddie Kingston heel where he's, you know, he's very proud of himself, but he's still kind of a still kind of a I dick. Swear this on my mother. You know, and then there's there was people like let's just say like 
oh, fuck, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Who's like the ultimate heel right now? You know, that you can think Rick Rude wearing, you know, you know, um, Miss Elizabeth on his tights. You know, like that, that. That's just Disgusting. he's just being an asshole. And Ric Flair, like Ric Flair was a heel, but he was just very full of himself. Yeah. And he believed in himself and he never tried to. Yeah, I don't know. Dirtiest player in the game. Apparently someone, a top NXT superstar got COVID. Oh, a person in my building at work got COVID. Oh, good. On the, fo- oh, good. On the fourth and fifth floor. Great. I mean, what floor are you? Third. So. So you're just right between. You're just, it's a COVID sandwich. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm under them. Anyways. Oh, boy. Shall we, uh, shall we wrap fuck, this up man. for the night? All or? right. We'll see you next time on Review and Impact. <laughs> Our weekly impact. Yeah. Well, it was a good show, I will say. Yeah, I, I liked I Honestly, this was, I mean, they said this was the biggest dynamite. I, I They didn't lie, man. This was this was a one for the ages. Uh, whether, like, re- that's the thing. If you wanted, if you wanted actual, like, actual good, like, if you wanted, like, five-star wrestling of the Meltzer variety. You didn't get that, but what you did get was completely intriguing television and really is, at the end of the day, isn't that what it really matters to? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It was, it was as they said, good shit. So. Yeah, I liked it a lot. You should, rec- I recommend it, even though we kind of just, you know, described this entire show to you, listener. You go out of your way to watch this Go one. rewatch it, yeah. Apparently, well, wait, Shotzi Blackheart won? So yeah. the baby face advantage to NXT. Oh, yeah, because the heel because the heels the heel guys had the advantage. That's why Pat McAfee's team. So the faces are going to have the advantage. In that one. The heels never. The faces never get the advantage in war. Oh, I don't well, give a shit. Whatever, man. Yeah, I'm sure a NXT first was okay. Time for everything in the world of wrestling. There is. My head hurts. All right. Well, let's get out of here before it explodes, guys. At home, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Guys and girls, and 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 non-binaries. Yeah, everyone, everyone, check us out on social media at City Wrestling Radio on Twitter, or not on Twitter, but on Instagram and Facebook at CWR four and five on Twitter. We will see you later. Have a wonderful evening. Or we'll see you in the next one. We'll see you when we see you. <laughs> Goodbye. Not promising anything. No, we never <laughs> promise. Unless you want to watch Retro Sunday Night Heat with me and Jose Osegueda each week. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud.com, Apple Podcast, or Google Stitcher CastBox, or wherever you want to go. We're fucking there. See you Don't later. miss that Capital Carnage review. It's going to be emotional! You know, we were actually not planning on doing a Capital... We were going to skip over that one, but... You should watch Capital Carnage. All right. Well, I'm going to message I'm Jose willing right this now. into existence now. All right. Ready I'm not. Get... I'm not going to be on this show, but you guys are going to watch. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could do a solo review. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.